Bank of America Practice Solutions, an FDA Crown Savings Benefit Partner, is proud to be a sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association. They are happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. Focusing on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice models, expansion, debt refinances, and commercial real estate. Whether you own a practice or are just getting started, Bank of America Practice Solutions can provide customized financial help for your short-term needs and long-term aspirations. Please visit bankofamerica.com or call 1-800-497-6076 to see which program is right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I'm your host, Yolanda Marrero, and today's topic is about canines and not the ones in your mouth. Our guest today is Dr. Christopher Bullness a native of Tampa, Florida, where he practices. He's a past president of the West Coast District Dental Association and has been involved with organized dentistry as an FDA House of Delegate delegate, ADA delegate, FDA trustee, and more. But today we want to talk about a very special member of his staff, Copper. Welcome, Dr. Bolness. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Good, good. I'm so ha- I'm happy that you took the time to talk to us. Um, when I found out that you actually have this uh, member on your staff, I was intrigued because I, I think it's a wonderful idea. So before we get started on that, I'll ask you what I always ask our guests. What brought you to choose dentistry as your profession? You know, it's funny. I get asked that a lot. So I knew I wanted to go into engineering or somewhere in the medical field, whether that was a medical doctor or as a dentist. Playing baseball growing up, um, we had a lot of medical doctors that were coaches. We had dentists that were coaches. And I remember the medical doctors always had a beeper on their, their, their coaching uniform. And they would be there. I'm not saying they weren't there, but then they would get a beep and they had to go to the hospital or take care of something. So they were kind of there and they weren't there, but the dentists were always there. So what attracted me to dentistry was that I was able to provide, you know, an art, a science, um, and improve someone's smile, get people out of pain, and also have a family life. Uh, Family was very important. I wanted to be there for every dance recital. I want to be there for every baseball game, uh, lacrosse, whatever it may be, I wanted to be there. Dentistry was able to give me the avenue to, to work in the medical field as a doctor, and then also have a set time to where I knew I was going to be away and not be called into a hospital at all hours of the night uh, to treat patients. Even though, you know, dentists are on call 24 hours a day, typically we can mitigate those. Um, and they're not life-threatening illnesses, um, but we can be there for those events for our kids because they're important. They don't come back. No, they don't. They absolutely do not. And and other doctors have expressed that same sentiment, that being a dentist gives them the opportunity to serve a community, but at the same time, not sacrifice the important moments uh, in their family life. 
So I totally understand that. You had mentioned to me that you were interested also in engineering. And one of the things that I've heard from also other other dentists that I've talked to is that dentistry is an art form. And they feel that they thrive on that. They thrive on the fact that they're creating a smile, so to speak. And some of that is technical, which marries a little bit about the, your thoughts about being in engineering as well. It's interesting. I've had electrical engineers also that have come on the show who are now dentists. So I, I take it that family is very important to you then. Oh, it definitely is. Um, growing up in Tampa, mom and dad, uh, Cuban descent, large family, big gatherings, uh, very important. ServiceTree Merchant Services help dental practice owners eliminate the hassles and headaches of payment processing by allowing the patient to pay from anywhere in the office using any form of contactless payment from Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Tap and Pay cards, and even text to pay. They help dental offices reduce the cost of credit card acceptance and improve the patient experience at the point of payment. ServiceTree Merchant Services can also help eliminate the need to send paper statements for balances owed and reduce collection calls and the expense of using collection services. They do this by automatically charging a card on file when a balance is owed. Call and request a free rate comparison to learn how much you can save on your credit card processing fees. The best part is that they don't have contracts and provide the newest hardware free without leases or rental charges. Call Adam today at 866-944-3244. So we've talked about why you became a dentist, how important family is, and a little bit about your Cuban heritage, um, which Bulnes is a Spanish name then, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Why are you here today? And you're here today because, well, first of all, you're a, a terrific person, and I've always enjoyed spending time with you and, and uh, at meetings, especially when you were yeah. in charge of the membership at the ADA. That was uh, Those were fun meetings. But besides that, I learned that you have a dog in your office, which I had never, you know, I've heard of that. But, you know, to have someone so close by that actually does that intrigued me. So let's talk a little bit about copper. Yeah, so, so copper is a golden doodle. So that's our golden retriever, part poodle. Um, we've never had a golden doodle. First of its kind. I would say coppers came out of the box, very calm, very sedate. Um, there wasn't a lot of training that was needed for him to be able to be a good dog around, uh, you know, the kids, our family, and also bring him into the office. He kind of knows his place without me telling him uh, what to do. So kind of it was, you know, do I come home at lunch and take him out and then 
He stays here all the time. I go, you know, I think he's a calm enough dog where I can bring him to the office so he can actually interact with the patients. And sure enough, um, that's what he's done. He will greet patients. He will sit next to patients. I don't even tell him to do it. He just kind of senses when he's needed, when he's not needed. It's been really uh, strange um, that he's able to do that. And he kind of goes into like office mode where he knows he's going to the office. And then he comes home and he's a totally different dog. Wow. He's wild, crazy, around the backyard. But he knows when he goes to the office that he has to be on point and he has to react a certain way. It's been really weird. He's almost like a human, I gotta say. Well, he sounds extremely intelligent because he's intuitive, apparently, knowing that when he's at the office, there is a certain behavior. And, yeah. you know, around all of these, so to speak, strangers, aside from the staff. So let's let's talk about the staff when you first brought him in. What what were their thoughts on this? The staff thought he was the cutest thing ever. Um, soft, fluffy. There's no hair coming off him because he doesn't shed. Just wants to be loved. So all the staff love him. Like I said, he knows his place. Sometimes he'll hang up front with the front desk folks and just kind of check patients out and check them in. <laughs> then he'll go back to the operatories and hang out with Dr. Buckenheimer and the assistants in the back or the hygienist. You know, it, it's, it's grown because he's been coming to the office. He's going to be four in November. He's been coming since he was probably five months old. Patients now call and ask if Copper's going to be there because if he's not there, they don't want to come. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of strange. And if they happen to come on a day when he's not there, because sometimes my wife works from home and he'll stay at home with her. They're kind of depressed if he's not there. They're like, oh, I was looking forward to seeing Copper. They get bummed that the that Copper isn't there to greet them. Uh, yeah. Does Copper, uh, well, so you brought Copper in as a puppy or did you give him a little bit of time or he was there from the get-go? He was there from the get-go as a puppy. And then we, we took him through formal training, not from a comfort dog standpoint, more from sit, stay, come uh, training. He worked well with that, very easy to give direction to, and he's very receptive to it, because as you alluded to, he's really intelligent. He figures things out, but he's also very, he doesn't like change. (laughs) (laughs) So, and he's skewed to the schedule, he's aware of it, and he kind of gets a little frazzled. We like to say sometimes he might be on the spectrum, but uh, the dog spectrum. Well, that's sweet. I think it's I think it's really interesting that as a puppy, I have a, a dog. I have two dogs, actually. We have dachshunds, miniature dachshunds. Uh, my older dachshund turned six on Friday. He is a very calm dog and has always been. But our newest addition is like, we call her Looney Tunes. Her name is Luna. But she does. She's going to be two, and she hasn't gotten out of that crazy puppy stage. She is all over the place, and I was just thinking, a dog like that in a dental office—you know—that would never work. You know, so that I believe, you know, comes that that instinct also came from you to be able to bring the dog there and have him uh, available to patients in a way. So he, he does go into the operatories, right? Oh, yeah. Just, you know, just the other day, you know, we have a lot of patients like any dental office and this this uh, one patient, she's got a lot of medical problems, uh, neuralgias. She can't sit for very long. She gets very excited when she comes to dentist because she knows she doesn't want to have discomfort. She has problem healing. She can't sit for a long time because of her legs. 
So she came in just to have a, a, you know, a normal uh, checkup cleaning and she called Copper and she's really anxious. And I think Copper senses that. Copper sat by her side while she was getting her teeth cleaned and just, she just petted her. He, she was just petting him. And he stayed there for the full, we do an hour uh, profi appointments. He stayed there the whole time and let, just, just let her go to work on him. And she came back. I saw her a week later because we had to do um, some finishing touches on some things that she was having done. And she alluded to that story and was like, you have no idea how much that calmed me. The appointment went quick. It was the best appointment I ever had because of the dog, because Copper was there to help. Wow. Well, this is a good time to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with a couple of more questions for you. Dental Broker Florida, DBF, is a local brokerage company with a footprint in the counties of Monroe, Miami-Dade, Broward, and West Palm Beach. For the last 10 years, they have been helping the dental community in the endeavor of selling their practice or buying a new one. DBF starts by doing an assessment of the dental practice for sale and suggesting to the seller a fair market price, while from the buyer's point of view, they strive to understand their needs, whether they are a first-time buyer or an existing buyer looking to expand. Visit DentalBrokerFlorida.com for more detail. For the past 36 years, FDA Services and the Doctors' Company have worked together to keep malpractice insurance premiums at the lowest possible levels. In 2022, their rates are 24% lower than when the programs started in 1986. For recent graduates and members not insured with the doctor's company, they invite you to access the Florida Dental's exclusive malpractice carrier, the doctor's company. Try them today at fdaservices.com or call or text 850-681-2996. We were just talking about how comforting the dog can be to patients, but I am curious about maybe patients that may not be, you know, comfortable with a dog, regardless of what it is. It could be a puppy, it could be a a big dog, and you know, there are people that have fear of of the animal. So, do you? How do you deal with that? So, um, we let the patients know, uh, especially new patients, that there is a dog in the office. I would say 99% are fine. There's a 1% that are afraid. And whatever that reason is, that's fine. Um, if we are aware of that and they let us know, then I'll call Copper in my office and I'll just close the door. And then he goes, sits on his bed and he knows this is the time where he can't interact with the office because the patient has some type of apprehension with the dog. And he's fine with it. I don't think he gets depressed. It gives him a time to go to sleep and um, the patient's at, at, at rest. Um, he's such a, he's only about 40 pounds, so he's not a big dog. He doesn't typically bark or anything. So the patient, as long as they let us know that he's fine with it. And also the patient's comforted that we close the door in my office and then he's, you know, everybody's settled and we're good for that. 
Did you say that you that the patient knows about copper before coming in, or are you just surprised when you walk in? No, we let them know, especially a new, especially a new patient. We let them know that there's a dog, um, and also if, if, if sometimes because no one's perfect, we have a glass door that separates the waiting room from the operatories in the back office. If he's walking down the hallway, the patient will see him and then make us aware. So it's getting caught right before they get to the back. So they kind of know, um, is there a dog in the office? If there is, and I'm afraid of a dog, then I'm going to make someone aware. And the patients, I haven't had any difficulties um, with patients saying, you know, I'm going to turn you in uh, or anything like that. But we just deal with it accordingly and everybody seems to be fine with it. But that's one of the reasons I put it on the website. We direct them to our website to help, you know, pull down patient forms. So I'm hoping they peruse the website and look at our staff. That's why Copper's on there. So they know our, and I like to call them our dog tour. Um, <laughs> so they kind of know there's a dog. Yeah, that's so cute. I'm curious about the, I, I realized a couple of days ago, we received the FDA today. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, there's an article in there that talks about having uh, what do you call uh, emotional support animals or and I, I realized that some of these laws and rules are not that strict no. uh, in terms of having a sort of emotional support animal in a medical or dental setting. What would be your advice if somebody wanted to who's listening and said, you know, that would be a good idea. I'd like to maybe put a dog in my practice. What? How would you go about it? Because it seems Copper was kind of born for this. Yes. But um, I, it may not be the case in every animal. Right. I think, um, number one, if you're apprehensive about the dog being born for it, then you would probably want to have that dog come through a comfort training class. Um, I would definitely check with your county uh, website and your city website, depending upon where you live, on the laws where you live, because some... Um, there might be a law in the books, but not might not be enforceable. Um, but definitely comfort training or some training to direct the dog to sit, stay, move, come is definitely needed. And we put Copper through that just because we need to. He needs to move on command, um, whatever that may be. Um, we have an oral surgeon in town that has it brings a dog for the last ever thirty years. People love the dog, and we also have a pediatric dentist, Doctor Natalie Carr Bustillo. She brings a dog. That dog is a little bit bigger than Copper. It's a golden doodle and formerly went through the comfort training. And she's a pediatric dentist. So the dog will actually sit on the chair with the child and just completely comfort that dog. The dog's been a wonder for her practice um, because of the, you know, the clientele of kids. Kids love dogs typically. And it's really helped bring the level of anxiety down for her office. Yeah, I imagine that you, you're distracted by the dog. Because, you know, you're a kid. It's a dog. You love it. And yeah. so it makes it so much easier for the doctor to work on a patient who's yes. di- who is kind of not, I hate to use the word distracted, but uh, kind of engaged with uh, the animal while, while they're there. I, I, would, I would have loved to have had that when I was growing up. You mm-hmm. know, I, it's funny how things change. And, uh, and, of course, there's always that question, and people will... will bring it up, you know, how hygienic is it? So you're saying your dog does not shed, which is fantastic. So would I would you consider that a, a word of advice to, to bringing an animal into the office? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, 
when a patient walks in an office, they should be looking at the cleanliness of the office. I mean, number one, there's no, you know, some dogs shed, unfortunately. So like German Shepherds might be great dogs, but they shed. Uh, Golden Retrievers, uh, Labradors, they're great dogs, but they do shed. So you're going to have to keep up with that because hair goes everywhere. One of the advantages of a Golden Doodle, and not all are hypoallergenic, and that's what he is because uh, some people are allergic to dogs um, and some do shed, whereas copper does not shed. I think that's a factor because, you know, you want your office to be clean. Right. Um, you definitely don't want to instill an allergy in somebody who's maybe allergic to dogs. And I think that's pretty prevalent in our population uh, that people are allergic to dogs. But the fact that his hyperallergenicity and lack of shedding, really people just kind of love it. I mean, on him, there's no hair um, that comes off. I have to brush it. And when I brush it, I might get three or four strands off Wow! after brushing. And it, it's kind of wild that I cannot pull the hair out of it. Yeah, that's great because my nine-pound dachshund sheds enough to build another nine-pound dachshund. So, <laughs> so now what are Copper's special requests as the office uh, mascot? So some of the requests, basically they want him to come in. The, the patients request this, and this is not the staff. Uh, patients want him to come in the room, greet them. They want to pet. They want to lick. They want him to come up on the chair, which we'll do. Then the hygienist or myself or, or doctor will we'll kind of tell him, okay, Copper, leave, and he'll leave. Then they want him to return because they want to have an exit interview with him. <laughs> got to meet the dog. They got to see the dog. They want to pet him, say goodbye. We'll see you next time. And then Copper does his deal. So it's usually the beginning and the end. Um, that one patient I alluded to earlier, she had him do the whole appointment, which he's really never done that before, but the patient needed it. And he was there to fulfill that, which was really nice for her. Well, it seems that Copper is so well-behaved that you, you as a doctor, probably don't realize he's there. You know he's there, but you're able to get your work done, which I think is another you know, important feature. Yes. But on the flip side, sometimes he stays home when my wife works from home, and I'll find that I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> he's not at the office. And I walk in the office. I'm like, oh, Copper's not here. Oh. Okay. Are you at home? Yeah, you miss him. You know, and the whole staff misses him, patients miss him. It's kind of wild. Well, he's a member of the staff. You know, yeah. when, when they're not there, you know that they're not there. That's so sweet. I am I'm really happy that you were able to come on and talk to us about this. I, I don't think it's for everybody. I, I think you have to be a certain type of person and doctor to be able to have this animal in the office and to be there to help you with your patients. But I think it's fascinating. And I, I, I really congratulate you on that. Because, like I said, I wish that when I was growing up as a child, and even now as an adult, I wouldn't mind having, uh, a, you know, a, a, that that four legged creature there to comfort me one way or another. So, so kudos to you and to your staff for being so welcoming to having that as well. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell us before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, Yolanda, I really appreciate the opportunity, and I know Copper appreciates it. Um, he, uh, he looks forward to more opportunities to spread the word about canines in the dental office to help comfort patients. So he's, he's excited. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Remember, we want to hear from you. Please email us at admin at sfdda.org. 
and you might be a lucky listener to get one of our Ain't That the Tooth coffee mugs. Ain't That the Tooth is produced by the South Florida District Dental Association and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our own Dr. Richard Mufson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, Service Tree, CareStream, Hyosin, Florida Dental Association, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible. Music